Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of The Rebound, Supply Chain Management for the Circular Economy. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Eskenazi. And joining us today is Katie Shindal. Katie is Director of the Circular Economy and Supply Chain Transformation at Cisco. Katie, welcome. Thanks for having me. You might be familiar with Balancing Green, a book by Yossi Sheffi, a previous guest on The Rebound, and a presenter uh, at the 2019 conference. Yossi had a provocative and, I think, controversial take on the value of sustainability initiatives to a business beyond their PR value. His message, if your customers aren't demanding it, tread lightly before going green. Now, at the same time, we know there are any number of leading organizations that have embraced sustainability and are making it core to their approach to their business, from the design through the end of life of their products. Cisco is one of those companies. Katie leads the Cisco Circular Economy Program. Her responsibilities include operations, product design, and lifecycle management, and the application of technology to help Cisco's customers reach their own circular economy goals. Katie, I'd like to start with what I think is a simple question, probably not so simple. What is the circular economy and how does it differ from what we used to refer to as sustainability? Yeah, so I would characterize it that the circular economy is an economic model and view on resource use that is grounded in sustainability. So the two are integrally tied, although not always quite the same thing. Um, I think the easiest way for people who are not familiar with a circular economy is to think about it in contrast with the linear economy, which is the way that people are used to consuming resources uh, in our society for the last several decades. So in a linear economy, a company designs a product, they build it, they ship it to the customer, the customer uses it, and they dispose of it. The idea of what happens when that customer, that first customer is done using it doesn't enter the design process. It's not part of the discussion. It's designed for a single use. In a circular economy, we think of those resources, that product that goes out into the world as a valuable asset that we want to use time and time again. So we want to think about how do we avoid the problem that we're having of the linear economy and get past that, that challenge being, you know, we are running out of access to natural resources uh, that we'll need, Um, We have significant waste issues, and we're losing the value from those assets as they go out into the world and are disposed. So what we want to do is we want to to start that process and thinking about the use of those products from the very beginning. Um, We want to look at that product um, at its use, its reuse, its end of use, all at the beginning stage. So we want to design out the waste and pollution from the beginning. We want to use the products and materials that we already have longer, and we want to regenerate natural systems. And the great thing about this is that not only are we avoiding those risks that I mentioned very briefly earlier, but we're also opening opportunities for innovation, for new ways of thinking about business models, for generating savings, for driving different um, types of revenue or business value for companies. So there's a lot of positive 
attributes that a circular economy can drive in being embedded in the business model. Katie, one of the things that we often struggle with is the, the siloed nature of supply chain. And as we take a look at your broad responsibility, which cuts across the organization, give us a little insight on how Cisco takes a more holistic approach to the various activities within the organization, knowing that oftentimes there is that ownership or that silo mentality within the organization. How do you get that, you know, that broader perspective, that macro perspective on um, the circular um, economy and the activities in the organization? Yeah, I, I think that the fact that our strategy is holistic is one of the strengths of what we're driving. Um, it helps us to see across the business and make those connections that we might other, not otherwise make. Um, so when we work on different aspects of that strategy, uh, we work with a lot of stakeholders in a lot of different parts of the business. And we tie them together in different ways depending on the situation. So they start to see the implications in other areas. So just to give one example, um, if you look at what's under our strategy of circular design and under our strategy of circular operations, um, and specifically the operations in our supply chain, the design decisions that we make around the products and the packaging impact the um, greenhouse gas emissions and the waste that our manufacturing partners and suppliers. And in the reverse, if we pull the circular mindset into how we work with our suppliers, such as how we work on zero waste, uh, we can get new ideas and opportunities that our suppliers may come up with as they're trying to meet different types of goals. So in areas that may not otherwise touch, right, as we have these public goals around zero waste and carbon emissions in the supply chain, and we have these, these goals around design, because we've created that as part of a holistic strategy, we're connecting the dots in how we work with our stakeholders internally and in our suppliers and customers and partners. And so we get more, it almost amplifies and accelerates the work because people can see how it fits in that broader context and how doing something over here can impact something over there um, and make it better and more interesting. When we were putting this together, Katie, um, one of the things you mentioned was at Cisco, there's more than just one supply chain. There's multiple supply chains that you have to take into consideration uh, including the reverse supply chain. Can you walk us through that? You know, what are the different supply chains? How do they work together in this circular economy idea? Yeah, so I think, you know, talking about supply chain, usually people are talking about the forward flow supply chain, the supply chain that gets things from production out to the customer. And you may have a reverse supply chain as well. You probably do, you know, for product returns or service repairs or things like that. But it's not as much the focus. And so what happens over time, and I don't think Cisco is unique in this, is that you end up with multiple supply chains that are dealing with the back and forth. So you have the, the supply chain that gets the things out to the customer. You may have different mechanisms. We work a lot with partners, for example, so there's multiple angles there. And then you have the product that returns at end of use. You also have the product that returns from lease returns. You also have the product that returns for service, uh, service and warranty replacement. Um, you also have the forward supply chain of remanufactured product, which we sell through Cisco Refresh. Um, so there's all these different supply chains that have emerged in the business, and it's a big business. So, you know, trying to keep those all connected into think about it, when, when business is developed in a linear model, those aren't necessarily connected. You're not thinking about how those need to operate together. Whereas if you're trying to institute a circular model, they do, but they operate out of different functions in the company. So it's not that simple just to bring them all together. 
You shared a couple of examples on the different activities that are encompassed with lifecycle management, the product design, all the way through reverse logistics. Let's get a little concrete for our uh, for our listeners today. Give me an example of how this all comes together from the design all the way to enablement, reverse logistics, and the various activities that are encompassed within the circular economy. Let's make it real. So, uh, yeah, so we start kind of with design, right? So one of the things that we've been doing is instituting Cisco circular design principles, and we're putting those into the new product introduction process so that they are part of how we, uh, and we have a goal on this, that by FY25, 100% of our products will be designed according, and packaging, uh, will be designed according to our circular design principles. So what that means is that there is a set of guidance, there are principles with guidance across um, five core areas, and those core areas are designed around the principles of circular economy. So how do we reduce the materials or resources that we need? Uh, that could come in the form of physical materials. It could come in the form of energy as a resource. Um, how do we design it so that it's easier to repair, reuse, recycle? We have standardized form factors or modularity so you can upgrade. So that is going into how we evaluate designs that are moving through our process. So that means that a, an engineer or someone in product operations who is in the supply chain, who's working to bring that to reality, will have those guiding principles, so to speak. They'll be evaluated against them and we'll be scoring our, our products against them as we put them out into the market. Then um, as you move through, then that product is going to go out into the world. It may come back for repair and service if those design principles are in place. Ideally, it's, it's more economically viable, it's easier to repair, um, we can reuse it or, or, or upgrade or whatever we need to do. And then when it reaches end of use of that first customer and comes back, again, it's going to go back into a, can we remanufacture it, can we um, reuse it internally, can we, you know, if, if it's at the point where we need to recycle it, even that is driven by economics of recycling. So how easy is that to do and to then pull the materials out? Uh, for example, we're doing this with plastic, where the plastic that's coming out of our, our e-waste is going into actually become new recycled, post-consumer recycled resin that's going into new products. That's much easier if you've designed to make it easier to separate that plastic from the beginning. So that's kind of an example of, of how it flows all the way through. And what we're really trying to do is think about this not only in how the physical product moves through and then the packaging that goes along with that as well, but also in terms of our offers and our business models um, so that when we're constructing how that product goes out in the world, it's easier to get back and to reuse, which is also a challenge um, just in terms of, you know, we're trying to change our own model, but circular economy is a system. You can't achieve the goals really fully if you don't have everyone acting in the same mindset. One of the things I found interesting in the uh, description of your job or the, uh, Cisco's initiative is that you're helping your customers uh, apply technology to meet their sustainability goals. Uh, and I'd like to actually make this a two-part question. So one is, does that also apply to your suppliers? Uh, because if you're going to be uh, you know, sustainable, you need to get products coming in, going back to Tier 1 and Tier 2. Um, so how do you develop, part, part one is how do you develop solutions to help your customers or your suppliers meet their sustainability goals? And then part two, can you give us any examples? You know, we worked with, even if you can't name the company by name, you know, we worked with X company to do the following. Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, I guess to get at the element around suppliers, I mean, it, it certainly can include suppliers. I mean, I think it's a, 
in a way we look at it as an ecosystem. Uh, so we work with different companies or organizations in different capacities. So that, that very well may be in a customer relationship, but it could also be in a partnership um, where that's a, a partner who's selling Cisco product, or it could be in a collaborative context um, where we're the technology partner. So we have instances where, uh, you know, for example, we're part of an initiative that is trying to look at how do you standardize systems for reusable packaging, which could become a real challenge if you have a lot of different companies or organizations trying to create their own standards. In that instance, we're a technology partner because trying to institute those types of models requires technology to think about how does your data transfer, how do you track the assets, how do you think about um, you know, managing that system, you can't just put a thing out in the world and hope that it comes back, or I guess you could, but it's going to be a lot harder. So it needs that technology side of it, um, the analytics, the, you know, the sensors, the different, you know, whatever that looks like, it could look like a lot of different things. And we'll do that same type of thing with direct customers as well. So, you know, we have a customer who uh, wants to institute a circular model, high-end retailer who wants to institute a circular model for the products they sell. So they want to put them out in the world. They want to retain a relationship with their customer. They want to get those, those products back when that customer is done using it and be able to um, resell that in some capacity. It's the same thing we want for ourselves, but we can help others to, to achieve those types of goals. We also see instances where, you know, customers are trying to achieve, um, I'd say, more classic sustainability. You know, the first, the first piece of the circular economy is to reduce our use of natural resources effectively. And in that instance, there's a lot of things you can do with technology to make your operations more efficient, your system more efficient, um, make waste. Uh, so and as one example, right, make waste collection more efficient in a city is an example. It's getting at the first element of this. How do we do this better before it gets to how do we reuse the assets? But that's still really important and it requires a lot of technology. So those are all different places where um, you know we can come to the table as having the ability to sit down and say, okay, what are you trying to achieve and how do we think through the systems and the infrastructure? Because it's so the tagline is connecting the unconnected, and I really think it's true. If you want to achieve a circular economy, you have to connect the unconnected. So how do we use our technology to help our customers, our partners, our, our peers, our suppliers? It really doesn't matter who, right? But how do we help to enable that? And by doing that, expand the impact of what we can do much bigger than our own operations. Katie, last question. Um, a lot of listeners are going to be looking at this or listening to this and saying, yeah, Cisco's got all these resources. They've got this great talent and they're able to do it. So from your perspective, for those individuals that are considering this, what do you identify as a starting point for them? Obviously, knowing that the board of directors and its strategy side has to be there for the organization to embrace this. But where's a good place to start for a lot of the individuals considering sustainability and circular economy? I think the most important thing is to show how achieving the goals of a circular economy support and enable the core business goals of the organization. Um, you know, whether that's alignment with the strategic direction that the business is trying to go or cost reductions or revenue opportunity, customer demand, future regulatory requirements. I mean, I could keep going. I, I think people are excited and passionate. A lot of them, we see this consistently um, at Cisco, they want to be able to contribute to a circular economy. They, they really get excited about it, but they also have to be able to prioritize it if they're really going to do something more than just 
you know, give it lip service or, or be able to help out with a small thing here or there. So that means that we have to get the attention of leadership and we have to connect it to their goals in the everyday. Um, and I think what's, what's nice with circular economy is that it is an economic model. It is a business model and it applies to every business in some way. So it's about how do you connect the dots there? The other thing I, I just want to highlight is that I think having case studies is really helpful to make it concrete. So it may be that the starting place is actually a handful of people or a, a specific function or department that can then see the vision, can see the connection, um, and it can work with whomever it is who's trying to drive this to make those ideas a reality um, in a small way. So, you know, we've seen this consistently where, you know, someone, for example, heard what we were talking about in circular economy. They're like, how do I apply this? to my own product, in this case, a design change, right, to, to remove paint um, in the example that I'm thinking of. And, you know, that was his idea based on sort of our inspiration. Him doing that project demonstrated cost savings, which then makes it easier to sell to leadership, mm -hmm. hey, this actually is meaningful and it has a demonstrable impact toward the business metrics that we're tracking. Yeah. It's not always that clean, but I think it helps to get the momentum moving to the point where people um, at the top can see the business case, and then we can really, you know, leverage that um, toward also cross-functional engagement, which we use tremendously. Uh, but we have to get people's interest to a point where they see it as a priority, which means that we have to establish how it helps them out um, and to really drive an impact for the business, which is something that we use quite extensively in, in what we're doing. It's really interesting. What you're describing is both it can be effective in a bottom up and it can be effective in a top down strategy. So we shouldn't be, you know, necessarily thinking that there's one way to implement this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I actually think you I mean, it depends on the organization, but I think it's most effective if you can do both uh, because one feeds the other and you kind of have to work them both in tandem, depending on what you're trying to do at that given point and where you are in the maturity. Really interesting, Katie. Uh, this is all the time that we have for a special thanks to our guest, uh, Katie Shindal, and thank you for our listeners for joining us today. We hope you'll be back for our next episode. And for The Rebound, I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublepack. Be safe and be well. Thank you. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. We hope you'll join us again.